Support for this podcast comes from Frito-Lay in the 2023 Snack Bracket Championship. The Frito-Lay Snacket Challenge is underway, and fans are voting on their favorite snacks to crown champion. We're talking about primetime matchups between the best 64 snacks in the land. Will Ruffles Ridges reign supreme? Can Doritos defend their dynasty? Or will Smart Food use their smarts for a surprise upset? Only you can decide. Get in on all the action for a chance to win up to $1,000 or a year's worth of snacks. Let your snacks be heard. Just go to frito to vote and enter for a chance to win. No purchase necessary. Three mistakes ends April 3rd, 2023. Void but prohibited. Years worth of snacks awarded in the form of 52 coupons, each good for one bag of chips. See official rules at Frito-LaySnackIt.SBNation.com. Hey guys, welcome to the Falcoholics Post Game Podcast 2019 season. Week 14, the Atlanta Falcons at home taking on our division rivals, the Carolina Panthers, the Battle of I-85, as they call it. Joining me, as always, is my co-host and fellow writer at the Falcoholic, Evan Birchfield. Evan, how you doing? I'm doing great, DW. How you doing? Doing good. It's good to be back. It's, uh, we had a little bit of an uh, unintended break uh, through the two Falcons' losses that preceded this game. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but... As it is, uh, we're we're back with with the uh, the recap for uh, the Falcons' drubbing of the Carolina Panthers. Uh, for those who are just getting caught up, the Falcons did win this game in pretty convincing fashion. Uh, they did win forty to twenty. Um, the Panthers, you know, added on some junk time points, so it really wasn't even that close. Uh, this was uh, arguably one of the most Complete performances for the Falcons uh, from top to bottom. Uh, offense played well. The defense obviously played very well. And even special teams. There was quite a few special teams play uh, in this game. So, Evan, we're going to start with the offense. Um, mm-hmm. Who were some of the names that stood out to you that really had an impact on this game? Maybe some new names or old names. Uh, who are the guys that uh, sort of caught your eye? Yeah, um, I mean, the stand out in my eyes on offense overall everybody had a great game but <clears throat> it seemed like it was our best day running the ball um Devontae Freeman finally had I know he had <clears throat> he had receiving touchdowns this year but he didn't have a rushing touchdown entering the game um and he finally got one um he finished with 17 carries 84 yards and a touchdown and then also mm-hmm. Brian Hill who was given the reins a couple weeks ago while Freeman was out and even played against Carolina and he struggled mightily in that game. But as the backup change of pace back, whatever you want to call him had nine carries for 62 yards and also scored a touchdown, um, which maybe that's just what his role should be. Maybe he's not a starting running back. Maybe it's just that, like I said, yeah. change of pace back or whatever come, reliever, whatever you want to call him. Um, but we had a great day running the, you know, running the ball, and it was shocking the first matchup why why we weren't able to do the same thing because the Panthers statistically have one of the worst run defenses in the league. Um, but you know, in this game, the Falcons were able to take advantage of it and run the ball without you know any opposition. It seemed like, um, and then you know <laughs> the passing game was what it what it typically is. Calvin Ridley continued to look good, but. You know, as we learned today, as we're recording it, um, he is out for the season with a abdominal injury, which he yeah. was injured in that game. Um, 
and left like on a card or whatever. And it looked bad then, but now we know um, that he is it out is for bad. the season. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and, you know, Julio Jones had a solid day. Uh, Hooper, I was actually kind of let down because, um, you know, it's like he was out for all these weeks and we expect him to come back and get back in the lineup and, you know, be he had six targets, but only two catches. A couple of those, honestly, Matt Ryan, like, overthrew him, so the timing was yeah. off probably due to the, them not playing together for a little bit. Um, but two receptions for 32 yards, he had a pretty quiet day. Um, but, I mean, the big play standout was the Zacchaeus 93-yard yes. reception. Um, that You know, that was his only catch of the game. Um, I believe he played, um, like, 11... 11 uh, snaps or something yeah but he only had the one catch was, <clears throat> yeah and it also happened to be the longest touchdown pass in, of matt ryan's career so he gets mm-hmm. sort of the the double emmy the, the big 93 yards and he will be in the record book with uh matt ryan unless and that, unless, that was course, his first catch right yeah first catch of the the entire season and it goes for mm-hmm. 93 yards of the touchdown that's so that's yeah that that's that's a quite the way to make the splash um you know, as for me, obviously, I think you know one of the big stories is maybe not covered as as well because everyone knew it was coming. Was Matt Ryan eclipsing fifty thousand career <laughs> passing yards? It puts him in some very rare territory. You know, he's he's in the list with guys like uh, Drew Brees, Peyton Manning, Tom Brady, uh, a bunch of Hall of Famers, and Brett Favre. I think too. Brett Favre, yeah, just a bunch of legends. There's a bunch of guys that were first ballot Hall of Famers in that, mm-hmm. uh, and that will be first ballot Hall of Famers. And uh, you know, Ryan's day was okay. I, th- I felt like his accuracy was a little bit off here and there, but uh, 20 of 34, 313, uh, two touchdowns, no interceptions. Uh, solid afternoon. And, and it's funny that you hear that stat line, and, and you know, for Ryan, it's like, oh, you know, it's it's solid. Mm-hmm. Yeah, <laughs> you know, pretty that, much. That just tells tells you what the expectation for for him is now. You know, with you know the career that he's had. Mm-hmm. Um, but yes, he he is now uh, at fifty thousand yards. Assuming he plays, you know, another three or four seasons, uh, he very reasonably will get into the the sixties and and maybe close to seventy. I'm not sure. It, it's it'll be close, but um, that will put him. When he retires, uh, he will probably finish somewhere in the top five all-time all mm-hmm. p- passing yards, which uh, I, I've had a lot of people tell me that that's not a significant stat. And yet, when you look <laughs> at all the guys who are in that list with him, literally all of them are Hall of Famers. So I think that's a pretty significant stat. It's people who want to not like him, regardless yeah, yeah. of what facts are, you know, their face. When somebody wants to believe something, in this case, believe that Matt Ryan's terrible or whatever they're gonna ignore facts it's sad but everything he's done very true. you know shows that he's he's a top quarterback and i mean his stats prove it um you know dan marino never won a super bowl and that's the thing that's always going to be over ryan's head you know unless he yeah. ends up winning one before but i mean you can be great and not win a super bowl there's been tons of players throughout history that have done it um but it is what it is Yep, without a doubt. Um, so, as you mentioned, for me, uh, it was good to see the running game get back on track. Uh, over 100 yards rushing in this game, I believe, is the first time the Falcons have done that all year, uh, which tells you just how dismal the running game has been. So that was nice to see. 
caveat though, the Panthers are one of the worst teams against the run. So in some ways that was a little bit expected. Mm-hmm. Uh, and clearly, you know, they are, they are a team that is reeling after firing their head coach uh, in the middle of the week last week. Um, I thought they were going to play better than that uh, simply because, uh, you know, they still have some good players on the defensive side of the ball. They've got a good pass rush. Uh, and yet, you know, on that note, I do want to point out that uh, for the Falcons offensive line, they did a phenomenal job in pass blocking. And mm-hmm. uh, you and I were looking at some of the, the PFF scores. And the one thing that stood out to me, um, McGarry and Matthews both had excellent, like high, you know, in the 80s for pass blocking. Mm-hmm. Um, Matt Gono, in his first start, uh, you know, or first first real repetitions at right guard. He was going in and out with um, Chris Lindstrom, who was back. He and Lindstrom both were in the mid-70s, which is a really good grade for pass blocking. So, you know, it it makes you wonder if Gono is someone that has the potential to be a long-term starter at guard, you know, whether it's right guard and Lindstrom moves to left or vice versa. you know, we, we've kind of seen what we have in James Carpenter and Jamon Brown, and it's been pretty bad from both of yeah. them this year. Um, it was nice to see Gono play well in splitting those snaps uh, with Lindstrom. They, they almost split them down the middle. I think uh, Gono had 36, Lindstrom had 33 at right guard. Um, so really encouraging performance. We'll wait and see, you know, if he gets more snaps the next few games to see if that trend continues. But I was extremely pleased to see that, you know, the interior offensive line, uh, those two guys in particular did a much better job, especially against a Panther, again, a Panthers pass rush that has been one of the best in the league all year. So um, any thoughts on the offensive line? Did you get the same impression that they were uh, playing pretty well against the competition? Yeah, it it was good to see McGarry have basically a bounce back game because I know he struggled a little in the on Thanksgiving. and, you know, like you said, you, we'll see what happens going forward. Um, I believe, wasn't Brown a healthy scratch? And then Carpenter was just he was. injured. Yeah. So, I mean, that that's kind of a bad sign in terms of how they spent their money this past offseason. Um, it is. But, yeah, I mean, we'll see what happens going forward. But Lindstrom, after missing what felt like, <laughs> it feels like he's been gone the whole season, um, he looked pretty good. And then Gono. You know, and then that's just kind of more of like, why wasn't he being played already? Um, yeah, which, exactly. You know, that we can have that <laughs> argument all day, but yeah, no, <laughs> it, right. it's, I mean, that's a great point. And it, um, we were saying this in our writer's chat a little bit earlier the fact that you've got this guy <laughs> who was inactive for most of the season, uh, and uh, he was someone that before the regular season started, the coaching staff was even talking him up and saying, we really like this guy. We think he's got positional versatility. He's strong. He's athletic. Um, we feel like we've, you know, found a, a really good player, you know, in free agency, you know, he was undrafted, um, all this stuff really just talking him up. And then they just bench him. You'd never see him again. Yeah. And it's, and then the worst uh, for me, for the front office, for the coaching staff, the worst thing that could have happened is what happened. He came in and he played well. And mm-hmm. it just becomes an indictment on the coaching staff, on the front office, where you, you have to go to them and say, look, you guys pumped him up. You guys told us he was going to be good. 
and then you didn't play him. And we had to watch Matt Ryan get sacked 15 times in two games while Matt Gono sat on the bench. The first time you put him in, and he has one of your better pass blocking scores. <laughs> like, <laughs> what's going on here, guys? And you know, I think it, it you know, the, it, it is one of the reasons the Falcons are four and nine. Uh, is you see this this sort of thing where you know they stuck with guys probably a little bit longer than they should have, and uh, it arguably cost them some games in the process. And you see someone like Matt Gono. Uh, who's come in, who's young, he's got upside. It reminds me of uh, way back in 2013, uh, 2014, when uh, Mike Smith insisted on playing uh, Jeremy Trueblood at right tackle. And there was a young undrafted player that we had uh, that you know they kept talking about. They, they love him. They, they think he's got the potential to be a starter in this league. But they kept Ryan Schrader on the bench. Uh, you know, behind Trueblood. And Trueblood was awful in those seasons. He was one of our worst offensive linemen. They put Schrader in. He looked like a clear upgrade. And it was a damning indictment of Mike Smith and the coaching staff that it took that long that you had a much better player and you didn't see it or you didn't execute on it. So, you know, that's, mm-hmm. it, we're sort of seeing, you know, potentially a replay of that. So we'll see. Uh, Gono needs to do this more consistently and in, in over several games, but. Uh, so far, the the early returns are promising. I have a um, feeling that's what would happen if they put if they activated uh, or not activated, but they had Sanat play like one of the games. Yeah, and maybe yeah, he'll play towards the end there. But the same thing yeah, will probably and, happen. He'll come in and look good, and then it's like, yeah. what were you doing? Him and Kaminsky, you know. It, and yeah. again, Kaminsky is another name where we heard a lot of the hype uh, before the season and how much they loved him and. Uh, you know, he, the one or two games that he's played, he's played really well in the regular season. Uh, well, and then we've seen him get scratched. So this kind of shows you that they're, they think they're playing, like they're trying to win for their jobs because a normal coach who feels safe, who knows they're out of the playoffs probably would be more willing to take these risks and be like, well, let's see what we got out of this guy and this guy and this guy. Yeah. You're they're They're still acting like they're playing for something. And it's just pretty much their jobs at this point. Yeah, I, I think you're right. And I think that um, it's a missed opportunity. So I hope they've got three more games. You know, there's there's a mm-hmm. good chance in the next few games we will see some of these guys a bit more. I hope we do. Um, because uh, if there's one thing I think we could take away from the offense, you know, uh, you look at guys like uh, Alameda Zacchaeus, um, Christian Blake. Uh, you know, these are guys uh, who – got opportunities and have, you know, executed on that and have mm-hmm. taken advantage of it. You know, uh, as you mentioned, Zacchaeus with the, uh, the big you know touchdown reception, um, you know, him and Christian Blake will probably get even more opportunities next week, Definitely. especially yep. with, you know, Calvin Ridley out. Um, Russell Gage has looked phenomenal as a third wide receiver in this offense. Um, so, it, you know, these young guys need to be given an opportunity, and uh, hopefully that happens even more uh, over these next, uh, these final three games. So, big test coming up against uh, the, the top NFC seed uh, 49ers who yeah. did beat the Saints at home yes, on Sunday, uh, which was fun to see. Um, so, before we get into the defense, what we saw there, and maybe talk a little bit about special teams, because a lot of good stuff happened on that side of the ball. We're going to take a quick break. We'll be right back. Today's episode is brought to you by Cars.com. 
With over 2 million vehicles and 50,000 more added every day, Cars.com will match you with the perfect car for you, your budget, your life, your style. And if you're ready to say goodbye to your current car, Cars.com will get you an instant offer to cash it in. Just start by entering your license plate and get matched with a local dealer who will write you the check. So whether you're looking to buy or sell, just go to Cars.com. It's magical. And we're back on the Falcoholics post-game podcast, recapping the Falcons' 40-20 win over the Carolina Panthers at home in Week 14. This is David Walker. I'm here with Evan Birchfield. We're going to talk about what the defense did on the afternoon because uh, they sort of had another one of those games where you, you say, where has this been all year? <laughs> and frankly, I really wish we could just play Kyle Allen all the time. Let's play him 16 weeks a year. <laughs> because <laughs> they, they got two more interceptions. We have now intercepted Kyle in six times on the season. I think, I, I think he literally accounts for um, like two-thirds of our interceptions on the year. I, I may be wrong, mm-hmm. wrong on that. Don't quote me on that, but I think we have like 10 interceptions or yeah. eight interceptions. Well, DeMonte mm-hmm. Casey loves it. Oh, <laughs> absolutely. Absolutely, <laughs> absolutely does. Uh, jacking up his statistics. So, um, on that note, uh, Evan, who are some of the guys that stood out to you uh, on the defensive side of the ball? Yeah, I mean, as I mentioned, DeMonte Casey just, and not even, not to jump the gun, but he was also big on special teams also, but yeah. Yeah. Um, he feasts on the Panthers, and I believe his first career interception came against the Panthers also. Um, so I think you're right. It's it, Every time he plays the Panthers, like, He's somebody who's going to step up, and he had two interceptions. Um, just a solid day overall. Um, you know, not a ton of tackles, but it seemed like he was all over the field. Um, and he's definitely doing well at safety, I think. Um, yeah. Also, you can look at the defensive line, seeing Tack McKinley and Vic Beasley both have two sacks. Uh, Devondre yeah. Campbell had a sack. Um, I think that, that might be it in the sack department, but... Yeah, I mean, and then Foy Aluakon continues to, at least, you know, like we were talking about PFF scores, continues to grade well at linebacker. Um, Seems like he's getting a little more action um, because earlier in the season that wasn't so much the case. But, um, yeah, I mean, the defenses looked really good. Grady Jarrett having Grady Jarrett-type plays, which you can pretty much see anywhere on Twitter. Uh, Yeah, I mean, was there anybody else? You thought kind of stood up. Everybody was, you know, doing their part. The defense looked good. I mean, when you hold the Panthers, you know, they had two touchdowns. One was, I believe, Ian Thomas, the tight end, stepping in for yeah. Greggles. And then at the very end, um, Kyle Allen had like a little touchdown, uh, touchdown run at the goal line, I think. Um, but it wasn't like they, they, you know, it felt even higher than 40 to 20 type score, if that makes sense. Yeah. Where uh, they had some field goals that kind of bumped their score up, but uh, it was a dominating performance. And the defense has really, you know, uh, definitely since since that whole um, after the bye week thing where Dan Quinn like stopped doing the the calls or whatever. Um, it's really not a coincidence. The defenses look better since that point. They've had they've yeah. dipped a little, you know, in certain games like. Uh, the Buccaneers game comes to mind, but overall they've been a lot better than they were prior to the bye week. Do you think that too? 
Oh yeah, and, and I, it, it's sad because I, I feel like, um, you know, with the exception of the two losses, which you know, even then, I don't feel like the the defense was as bad as they were in the first half of the season, like mm-hmm. you said. Um, you know, that they've been a much improved unit. Um, now, are they the top ten unit we hoped they would be? No, but I, you know, they're playing really well against yeah. the bad teams, and they don't they don't need to, to be. No, they don't. Um, but in, in, you know, in fairness, we're, we're also talking about it from the standpoint of uh, a team that more likely <laughs> is going to move on from their head coach. So yeah. <laughs> uh, it's now I will say they held Christian McCaffrey to just 53 yards rushing. Mm-hmm. Um, he did not score a single touchdown on the day. So fantasy owners were probably extremely mad at the Falcons for that. Um, yeah. Although he still got plenty of receptions. He still had 11 82 yards. Yeah, that's yeah, great. So. <laughs> the people in PPR leagues were still getting their points from McCaffrey. Um, you know, obviously Beasley stood out. He he looked, you know, how we wished he would look all the time. Um, and you mentioned it, Foyer. I, I think he is quickly turning into uh, a much, much better linebacker than what he was in year one. And he was decent for a rookie. He has grown into, like, a, a legitimate starter. and. Uh, again, just another – this is, again, the sort of the, the frustrating thing with this coaching staff and this front office. They have found guys like Foyer and DeMonte uh, Casey and Grady Jarrett in the later rounds, and these have turned into good players. Um, but they have not consistently put it together on the field with these guys, and I think that's the most damning thing here. So, um but as for this game, uh, phenomenal job across the board. You know, they had, as you mentioned, Vic had two sacks. Uh, Tack had two sacks. I think they had five sacks the last time we played them, and they had, I believe, five sacks again today. Yes, because uh, Devondre Campbell had a sack as well. So in two games against the Panthers, they <laughs> that, that's 10 of our sacks on the season. Um which I'm afraid it's going to make the uh, the sack total for the Falcons uh, look inflated because they really <laughs> yeah. have been way too inconsistent as you know as a whole, um, and it's going to make it look like oh you know they're actually not that bad at getting after the QB and I'm like mm-hmm. well only if it's Kyle Allen like we're good at getting <laughs> after Kyle Allen apparently <laughs> um, like they they must have some sort of vendetta against Kyle he must have said something to the Falcons uh, before the season started. Um, yeah, just, you know, the other thing I want to point out is our young corners. Um, I, I think they have been playing really well since the bye week. Um, you know, Isaiah Oliver, who was getting trashed a lot by people, he is becoming one of our best tacklers. Uh, he is like consistently wrapping guys up. Um, and, oh, uh, Kendall Sheffield, I feel has, you know, played mm-hmm. pretty well. He, he didn't have the greatest of games according to PFF, but he's someone that has, um, shown some good flashes this year of, of being a, you know, having some serious upside. Um, and we did have some bad news on the defensive side. It looks like Desmond Trufant is also going to be out for the remainder of the year uh, for the next three games uh, with a broken forearm. So that happened in this game as well. So we lost not only Calvin Ridley, we lost uh, Desmond Trufant. And True, I, I feel like, is a player that I don't know why, but a lot of fans love to hate on him. But he's, he's had his best, been, one of his best years, hasn't he? Yeah, he's he's been. It's, this has been one of his best years in in a, several years. Uh, mm-hmm. So, you know, it, 
again, sometimes I don't fully understand the hate that our fans have for some of our own players, but he has been a very good player, and he was having a strong season for the Falcons. Hate to see him get injured to finish out the season. Uh, obviously, three games left. It's not the end of the world for a team that's not going anywhere, but uh, just frustrating for you know for him and for Calvin to see these guys go out. Uh, not the way you want to see that happen. Um, all right, special teams. Bef- you know, so before we wrap up this podcast, I do want to point out, you know, some of the stuff that happened on special teams because it was one hell of a day. So mm-hmm. Who were some of the standouts uh, to you from the special team side of the ball? Well, I mean, the play that sticks in my mind, as I kind of mentioned earlier, was the Kazee on. He he like drilled a dude. The ball goes yeah. up and lands straight in a Ku's arms. Like it, it was, it was, yeah, it was bizarre. Um, yeah. Young way I mean, recovers his own, uh, yeah. his own kick. Yeah. That, that was the play that stuck out to me. Um, but I mean, it's, <laughs> it's pretty much back to back. Great day. You know, it's like the, um, you know, it kind of reminds you of how, like something on the kickoffs is special. And I guess it's cool because I mean, who, who, first off, who has three straight successful, onside kicks and then it's like right yeah and then he recovers a fumble i mean we've got to be the best (laughs) kick kick uh team right (laughs) (laughs) Uh, of all the things yeah you would think Mm -hmm. uh, what an entirely random uh sequence of events for this season right where he's recovering his own kicks and uh you know he's and and to his credit, he was four of four on field goals uh, yeah. of the day. Oh, that's the other thing. The, that fifty one because yeah. I've been talking about for different different episodes. You know, oh, I want to see him kick over fifty because you know it was weird to me that like for I think like seven games or whatever, Matt Bryant had like six fifty yard attempts, but then for right. whatever four or five that who's at. He had nothing over 50, um, which yep. I, I guess you could say the offense has just been playing better and they haven't got, you know, stalled at the 50 yard range. But he finally had one, although it still didn't answer like a ton of questions because it hit the goalpost and took a like a yeah. really nice bounce in. So it wasn't it like really a clean did. 50 yarder, um, but, you know, it still went in. So technically he made one. Um, yeah. So, yeah. I I think at minimum he deserves the opportunity to uh mm-hmm. win the job back in camp in 2020. Yeah. Um he he missed a few field goals but for the most part he's been solid so far yeah. in, the, in the games he's been in. Um I would in 2020 like to see them bring competition in a kicker however mm-hmm. uh, which if we're being honest is what they should have done this year let Matt Bryant come into camp compete uh yeah. and, and let the best guy win so but That's that normally is, what you do, but for yes, some reason they exactly. do. <laughs> um, yeah, instead they, they yeah. We're, we're not going to rehash that whole situation. <laughs> um, clearly, uh, we, Evan and I have a very strong opinion about yeah. how that whole thing was handled. It was poorly. Um, also, very- shout, shout out to Ryan Allen, who did it, like got kicked off the team because obviously Bosher came back, and then Bosher went back on IR. And fans kind of liked him from the census I was getting online. I don't know if you agree with that, but uh, Ryan Allen, they signed him back and, you know, he looked really good. And then one of his punts was actually like stopped at the one, but I think it was, I think it was Zacchaeus or somebody had their foot out of bounds. So it kind of negated it and turned it into a touchback or whatever. But, you know, 
good job punting like as he's been doing so yep no absolutely um so i think that our fifth punter um with uh right before yeah. the two days before the game started with um matt bosher going back on ir uh to to close out the season oh this has just been one of the <laughs> strangest most obscure nfl seasons in recent memory uh i, I, I sure you would agree with that Evan uh. <laughs> a lot of a lot of injuries and that's you know back-to-back seasons where it seems like yeah kind of in some in some weird places too you know punter really mm-hmm. um yeah okay uh not not actually a super physical position but I, mm-hmm. it, with the way the and Falcons have it's an, it'd be one thing if it was like Bosher left and then we just re-signed a punter like that happens but like you mentioned, five different punters. Five. There was there was one <laughs> oh dude. I don't even remember his name, but he had a visa issue or something. So technically, he yep. he was barely you know. I don't even think he got to punt for maybe a game, or he wasn't even able to punt. I think maybe he just went into practice. Uh, yeah. Just a weird season at, in special teams overall. I yeah, mean, we've had such truly. stability at special teams with Bryant and Bosher going back to you know. Uh, I don't even remember what 2009 yeah. or something. It feels like Bosher probably yeah, a little a after that, but then this year it's like everything just imploded, but <laughs> <laughs> along with everything else. <laughs> yeah, I guess you can say that. <laughs> uh, so the Falcons do have uh, three more games running. They will go and play the San Francisco 49ers. As we mentioned, who beat the saints this past weekend, the number one seed in the NFC 49ers will not be playing soft with us because they, they are still uh, in the race for that to keep that number one seed. They've got the Saints still you know, uh, trying to take it back from them. So uh, don't expect an easy game out in San Francisco. <laughs> I think we have uh, Jacksonville, and then I believe we close out the season with Tampa Bay. Um, yeah. So, yeah, we've, there's a few more games uh, to cover, and obviously Evan and I will be here to recap them for you guys. Evan, any final thoughts before we wrap up? Uh, no, I mean, there's a realistic chance we're going to finish like 6-10, and 10, um, which it's not a great year um, overall, but I just don't see them beating the 49ers in San Francisco, no. um, especially knowing who we're playing. Like, there's no way Kyle Shanahan's going to lose to us. Uh <laughs> But, you know, enjoy the last two games. I mean, Jacksonville's a worthy opponent. Um, I know they haven't been lighting it up exactly lately, but uh, and then we go to Tampa to try and get revenge, and it sounds like they're going to be without Mike Evans for a while, and Jameis yeah. Winston has a, I think, like a fractured thumb or something, probably on his non-throwing hand, so I don't know what's so going on there. But So they may be better at quarterback. So Exactly. Um, exactly. Exactly. <laughs> uh, <laughs> So, I mean, you know, but I know a lot of people listening are probably like, well, I hope we lose because I want a better draft pick. Yeah, me too. But the Falcons apparently aren't on board with that because they just <laughs> keep looking good. So um, they heard, you know, it's like the second we were like, wow, we might have a top five draft pick. They're kind of like, well, you know what? I think, we're gonna, yeah, I think we're going to start winning now. Um <laughs> So, yeah, I know I appreciate everybody listening to me and DW. Hope you had a wonderful Thanksgiving because we haven't been on here in a second. And uh, we'll talk to you next week after the what's expected, the 49ers loss. But, you know, 
you know, yep, maybe a Christmas beer somehow. <laughs> yeah. uh, so, yep. Uh, and Evan, uh, you can be found on Twitter at Evan Birchfield. Yeah. Yep. Good deal. All right, uh, guys, you can find me at Falcoholic DW. Uh, we are trying to get uh, back on the regular podcast. Uh, it's been a uh, busy, crazy uh, year for several of us, so uh, we'll, we'll try to get back into the regular swing of things here as we close out the season and and get into the, uh, the holiday season. So thanks, guys, for tuning in. We'll be back next week for uh, the recap of Falcons versus 49ers. Thanks, guys, for tuning in. Talk to you next time.